香味How you doing there? Welcome everybody to another episode of Coast to Coast Cyber. If you can believe it, this is actually our 16th episode. I'm Scott Schober, your host from the East Coast, and I am joined by my brother, Craig Schober, over on the West Coast. How you doing there, Craig? Um, great. Uh, good to be back on the show, and I hope everyone listening uh, enjoys this episode as much as the previous 15. Yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty amazing. We've done that many. And I'm starting to hear a lot of feedback throughout my day. Um, and I interact with a lot of people, uh, a lot of business meetings, a lot of video conferencing. And a lot of people are giving me some wonderful feedback saying, hey, really enjoying that show coast to coast. I've been recommending it to other people. So I think it, it, it's, uh, it's kind of exciting. In fact, one of the uh, technology aspects of it, we were talking about uh, Apple and the air tags and stuff. And, uh, one of our customers actually reached out to us asking us to do some, some specific modifications, perhaps to one of our instruments to, to hunt down air tags, which is kind of an interesting application. So I'm sure on f- future shows, depending upon the outcome of it, I'll see what I can possibly share. And, uh, we could talk about that a little bit more, but maybe just to jump right in. Um, first we want to thank our, our sponsors, the new sponsor that we have, and this is called Dark Kryptonite. Dark Kryptonite stops ransomware, malware, and phishing in their tracks by eliminating cybercrime, fraud, and information warfare. Dark Kryptonite utilizes advanced blockchain algorithms and zero trust models. If you want to learn more about Dark Kryptonite, you could certainly go to their website, www.darkkryptonite.com. Some, some exciting yeah. stuff that they're doing there, keeping your data safe. And uh, I had the privilege of, of speaking to the three owners of the company uh, just this week and, and learned a ton of exciting stuff that they're doing. So again, reach out to them, darkkryptonite.com. Yeah, and um, just to clarify, uh, that's, yep. that's kryptonite uh, with a C, not a K. This is not the Superman kryptonite that we all know and love. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good point there. So it's, it's dark, D-A-R-K-C-R. P-T-O-N-I-T-E dot C-R-Y P-T-O-N-I-T-E. Yes, I'm sorry. And I can't spell either. Thank you, Craig. Sure. Um, let's see. Uh, let me just give a quick rundown of our stories that we're going to dive into. Uh, first story there, hackers gaining power of subpoena via fake emergency data request. And that comes from our, our friend and colleague, Brian Krebs, who is a, just an awesome cybersecurity uh, reporter, investigator, brings out some of the cutting edge stories and the breaches that we all love to read about. And he does the extensive uh, dive in there with the research and really helps you appreciate a lot more than just the headlines. So we look forward to, to talking about that a little bit. Um, and then the second story there is uh, I'm done with Wise. Wise new hackers could remotely access your camera for three years and said nothing. Again, from a great publication, The Verge, they always have some exciting articles there. And, and we're big fans of wise cameras and uh, devices there. So look forward to that. And it ties in nicely with our cyber tip of the week. When we get to our second story, we'll delve into that a little bit more. But the importance of updating and patching your apps and your OS and so on and so forth. We'll tie that in nicely as we talk about wise a little bit more. And then our final third story, again, comes from our friends at The Verge. Verizon blames bad actors for spam text 
you got from your own number. What in the world are they talking about? Well, we'll find out in a little bit when we hit our third story. Um, but maybe let's just to, to, to get into this first one here, talk a little bit about uh, this story that Krebs uh, took to the next level there. Hackers gaining power of subpoena via fake emergency data requests. And it starts off there talking about how criminal hackers are now they're harvesting using sensitive customer data from Internet service providers, uh, phone companies, social media firms, as well as big tech giants like, like Apple and Facebook. Um, what's your thoughts on this article, Craig, when you were at least going through it initially? Uh, well, the story kind of blew up on a lot of different sites and it had a slightly different I was seeing slightly different takes on it, depending mm -hmm. on the, you know, the um, the author or the researcher or the journalist or whatever, whoever was covering it. And I, I like this story because it kind of it kind of encapsulates a lot of uh, different hacking methods into one. You know, you got the uh, you, you have initially it involves a um, an email address that was hacked or leaked or, or cracked or something from like depart like legitimate email address from the uh, department law enforcement so yeah, maybe the they police gained, department or something yeah yeah maybe they got their maybe they got their password and so they're posing as this officer of the law uh, but from there then it then it becomes more of a social engineering thing because mm -hmm. now they're using this email to gain entry uh uh through legitimate like legal um you know, ways of, of, um, you know, court, court, uh, warrants and things like that. Uh, so it's kind of, it's playing on a few, a uh, few different angles. Um, and I don't know, what do you, what do you think about this? Uh, I, I like, uh, um, what, let me see, what is this? Uh, Apple, Facebook, discord and possibly, I think, uh, Snapchat. even snap. Yeah. Um, though, yeah. so you got some real big players involved with, involved with this that's allegedly i'm not sure if it's been proven yet but allegedly they fell for the for the for the, for the scam uh i've never heard of this type of hack uh before no it's a little different and i think just to kind of build on your point the fact that it's multifaceted and i think in the article too it mentions that it was likely teenagers that were orchestrating it which is kind of interesting so a very young group um, that are actually the, the bad actor actors, the hackers, whatever you want to call it there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think toward the end there, it mentions there last year's string of attacks may have been performed by the members of a cyber criminal group called recursion team. I have not heard about them and I got to do a little more research on them, but right. um, cer certainly a, a, a unique story or at least a unique angle on this, I think, which is kind of cool that, that Krebs shares yeah. his perspective on. And it's got that it's got that urgency too. part of the so big part of the social yeah. engineering is that, hey, we've got a you know, we've got a crime, we've got a criminal, we've got we need evidence, whatever. And so we're going to need this, uh, you know, we're going to have to skip. We're going to have to forego the usual kind of checks and balances of the courts and get a, um, you know, a, a warrant to, to do this search or to do whatever, to own this website or whatever, whatever they, I don't know, I don't specifically know what they were asking for, but they were, uh, you know, it involved data from, you know, ISPs and phone companies and stuff like that. So uh, they're, they're using the kind of immediacy of we're going to need this we're we're you know we're they're pretending to be law enforcement but on the other uh, the other side of the uh 
exchange, they're assuming they were law enforcement. So they say, well, you know, maybe we have, we should rush this one through because they, it can't wait. It's a, it's a genuine emergency. And that's, that's how hackers always get you in the social engineering realm, because you're, you're, you're thinking I, I got to help this person or I got to help myself or whatever. And it's got to be fast. And now, and you don't, you don't think it all the way through. I'm just, I'm a little surprised that companies as big as Apple and Facebook don't have who, who are, you know, they normally provide tons of, um, authorizations and and data requests to departments of all kinds i don't know why they wouldn't i don't know why how they got so easily fooled in this case um if they're doing it all the time but uh, i guess it happens yeah and i i guess it's like you mentioned when it's a demand for something time is of, of the essence it's a matter of life and death that, that sense of urgency allows you sometimes to drop the guard because whatever your job position is, you, you don't want to be the one that held up something when, when there is something that's really pushing. And I think it just tends to fool people. And all of us, it's a good reminder, stop, double check, do a little investigation, especially before you give out any type of uh, private information. It's so easy to be tempted to give into that. And we've all seen it. if we've been victimized by a scam or a fraud department pretending to call and they're going to stop your you know, fraudulent activity on your credit card, they just need a little bit of information and they're trying to call out little bits of pieces of information from you. So mm-hmm. I, I think just the red flags again, as always, they go up when somebody's trying to push something and you get a sense they have a little agenda there. So um, it's a good time for you to be a little bit more careful and, and make them think and ask, ask them questions for clarification to get a full sense of, is this a scam? Is this a social engineer? Is this legit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of some of the really old school, like uh, check cashing scams and, you know, things that involve like a, a letterhead from a company. Cause that's kind mm-hmm. of all an email is really, I mean, True. I'm sure, I'm sure these hackers had the lingo down. So they, so that was kind of a script almost. They, they had that, you just copy paste that. But when you're kind of uh, receiving dozens or maybe hundreds of these requests a day, um, you see, all you see is the letterhead who it's from. And you're kind of like, Oh, okay. I've, you know, I've done this for and before and, you know, the email program, whatever program you're using, whether it's Apple mail or outlook or Google or Gmail, it's gonna, it's gonna see that spoofed address as the same in a list of hundred times that you've already gotten requests from that same person in that same department from that same domain. So it all kind of starts to look the same. Uh, and so you gotta, you know, you gotta read, read closely, look for those little hints. Sometimes there's weird, strange misspellings or grammatical things. If the, you know, if the group doesn't speak English as a first language, a lot of times they trip up on that thing. Sometimes they'll include a little, a graphic, even in the kind of digital letterhead that comes through the email. And maybe that graphic will be an outdated one or off in some way, but I got to think to fool these large companies. I think they had everything perfectly, you know, lined up. The script was perfect. The presentation was perfect and the timing maybe was perfect. Um, And that's how they, that's how they got through. So uh, let's hope that this um, kind of alert from this story is enough to keep, put everyone on their guard now and it won't happen to, you know, any more organizations. Yeah. Yeah. So true. 
Excellent. Well, let's jump into that that second story there. Before we do, just to make mention again, we want to thank our sponsor there, Dark Kryptonite. They stop ransomware, malware, and phishing in their tracks, eliminating cyber crime, fraud, and information warfare. Dark Kryptonite utilizes advanced blockchain algorithms and zero trust models. Learn more about Dark Kryptonite at darkkryptonite.com. And again, kryptonite is with a C, as, as Craig noted there before. So when you're typing that in, make sure you spell that right. Now, I, I think it's safe to say that we're not strangers to WISE. We're, we're kind of some of the early adopters for some of the WISE products there. I know myself, I've gotten some of the cameras, uh, the doorbell before it officially was released to try to do some beta testing on it and give them feedback. And some of their stuff works great out of the box. And I've had some problems where you know had to be upgraded the firmware, patches improved. But this story comes from The Verge and it's entitled, I'm done with WISE. WISE new hackers could remotely access your camera for three years and said nothing. Interesting. And this ties in again, as I mentioned earlier, Craig, nice with our cyber tip of the week, which we really want to emphasize to people, stop and patch your apps, patch your OS, upgrade your firmware, any type of security patches when it's presented to you, please do it immediately because otherwise you could be paying for it down the road. And, and it's kind of the, the same old story with this, but it's an interesting little twist on it for just the sheer amount of time that went by. And they mentioned here, instead of patching, Wise simply decided to discontinue their, uh, their first version of the Wise Cam version one, January, without any explanation. They didn't really give the details of it. And then they mentioned Bitdefender explains that someone could have accessed your camera's SD card from over the internet and actually swipe the uh, encryption key. And when you do that, you could actually start watching whatever was uh, downloaded from the video stream there, the video feed. Mm. Uh, and, and it was weird because Bitdefender actually spoke up. They, they talked to, to Wise, reached out to them back in March 2019 Yet they didn't get a response until really the following year, later that year in November. So they mentioned a year and eight months later, yet Bitdefender didn't even mention anything. So they kept quiet until just the other day. And then you see this story breaking here. So it, it, if we're talking about a story that really started back three years ago. And yet, why are we hearing about it today, Craig? What, what's your thoughts there when we think about wise cameras, remote access, and this big disaster? Um, well, uh, I think there's a kind of failure on multiple levels here. Uh, for like, I I came to the story from The Verge, but it was originally, uh, like you mentioned, I mean, it was originally posted by Bitdefender. The story, it's kind of like they just came clean about this, but they came clean about it, you know, a year and a half later a after all this this stuff went down. Wise still hasn't really come clean about it and you know to make matters worse they're not fixing the problem in this version one of the camera they're just discontinuing continuing the model and this is a really this was a big seller i remember this camera mm -hmm. when it first came out i heard about it three or four years ago and this thing went for 20 bucks back then you know we see uh web cameras with cloud you know video cloud packages included and all these things we see that today for you know 30 or 40 dollars maybe and you know from wise themselves and a couple other makers um and they uh have a lot of uh pack a lot of features in there a lot of value but they're but they're newer versions these things were 
kind of an anomaly for the, when the, when they came out because I remember uh, I mentioned it actually to our father and uh, he's like wow 20 bucks and we can I can get a camera and I can network it and we could put several cameras in the house what a you know what a great deal so I bought about five or six I think for him he put them all over the house he still got some of them but he's since then he's replaced with the newer versions as they you know some now include infrared and and better um uh better audio improved audio improved improved opticals and all those things so he's kind of upgrading as wise has upgraded but i know because the, the it was such a kind of an interesting uh you know effective value a great value of a product when it came out they've sold thousands of these things like probably hundreds of thousands easily. So now you got all these vulnerable cameras spread out all across the world, a lot, mostly in the USA. Um, and they're just going to kind of leave their, um, their, their customers, their, you know, their initial customers, the, the, the most loyal ones, they're kind of leaving them in the lurch with these insecure, uh, cameras. So that's, I mean, it's really not cool and it's not a good look. And I think it's going to come back to bite wise, um, on their future offerings because people, people are going to remember this. And, you know, on top of all that, they're a Chinese company, um, I mean, Wise is kind of the American facing brand and they sell a lot of amazing products, a, a lot of really uh, great values. You know, they got robot vacuums, RC mm -hmm. cars, every, like all these crazy everything uh, and anything. Yeah, they got a lot of gadgets. And so they have a, they have a really kind of strong brand going. But uh, as we see, a problem with a lot of these companies, especially when, you know, they do things on the cheap and this, you know, this was a cheap product is when they, they suffer with things like customer support, that's, that doesn't hurt them immediately, but it's kind of a slow burn and it, it takes yeah. a year or two and, you know, through word of mouth and uh, these customers start to move on to alternative competing products because if if they don't have good customer service like some like the reports i'm seeing that were kind of part of this story um you know not reaching out to customers and explaining that there you know there's a problem and that it needs to be patched and that i mean just look at this the um they were accessing what is it? It was the camera's SD card, right? From over mm -hmm. the internet. That was kind of, that was where the, the problem was. So, you know, maybe if you can't patch all these cameras easily, you could say, why don't you just remove your SD card from the camera? That would solve that problem right there. You know, it's kind of, it's got stopgap measure, but it would keep people's data safe, sure. you know? Let's so you, you'd think, yeah, if they could communicate these things to their users, I think it would go a long way, but I, I think their customer support is definitely lacking. Yeah, and I think they they do they do suffer from um, like exploding overnight, like a phenomenon, almost going viral. Because you can now, it's not like you have to buy direct from Wise. You probably get the best price from them per se, but you can go on Amazon. You could walk into Home Depot and they have select Wise products even. So what does it tell you? to some degree, they become such a strong consumer play that they lost connection with the consumer um, because they don't know who the customer is. They're not, they're not selling to the customer. They're selling through the big box, the home depots and others. Now it makes it hard. So that just means they got to polish that much better, especially the customer support side. And I just myself even going on when I got the, um, 
the doorbell. I got an early release of that and was trying. I bought, I bought two of them actually, and one of them worked and the other one didn't. <laughs> and so, and, and spent a couple hours fiddling with one of them only to find out there was something wrong and they had a recall and they had new firmware and some updates to the hardware, but you had to send it back. It was kind of a disaster for me. The negative side was when I was going to buy a, another thermostat, I, uh, you know, I, I like Nest. I use that. It works really good. I was going to say, well, maybe I'll give a try to a wise thermostat. And I was a little hesitant. And I was like, well, I had some challenges with the, with the doorbell. If I'm too early to buy it, they don't get the kinks out. I'm going to have to pay for it. Do I want a thermostat and now have my heat, you know, going up to, to 95 and, and use up all my fuel or something else. I was a little hesitant there. Mm-hmm. And I think other people may be similar. If I'm, if, if I'm an average consumer, if you get burned once, you're a little more cautious before you run out and buy more technology. So, um, yep. although cameras, I guess a little different, it may, maybe it's uh, it, most of the time you're not looking at the feed for, the cameras, I don't think, you know, if you get a detection alert or something like that, I actually have a, one of the wise cams set up on, um, I'm a mouse number 10 in my basement up in our, our summer house. And it's got basically a wise cam set up to it. So I can know in an instant, Oh, we caught another mouse and mm-hmm. make sure we get up there soon to dispose of it. So we titled it mouse cam, which, you know, it's fun. It's not that practical per se, but it serves its need temporarily for something. Whereas something like, a, you know, if you're, you're, you're HVAC in your home, it's being controlled by that and it has a bad hiccup, that can be very costly. If, if you had that thing running nonstop and then you have a failure mm-hmm. to replace, it might be five or 10 grand or, or just the amount of fuel that you burn or electricity. So you think a little bit differently, I think, until you, you trust in the brand enough to, to, to shift over to it. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's true or not, we're being fed so much kind of fear, uncertainty, and doubt about yeah. uh, our privacy being violated and spying, and now throwing you know China into the mix, a Chinese company, and consumers are going to start to you know wise up. No pun intended. Uh, yeah, how do you spell wise for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're they're going to find they're going to say, hey, wait a minute, this this looked like an American company, but it's actually a Chinese company, and come to think of it, I couldn't get through to their customer service last time. And mm-hmm. I don't trust, you know, I don't trust these companies. I don't trust anyone. Anytime I can't talk to a tech support person directly on the phone, you know, on the other end. So I'm going to look elsewhere. And there's, you know, these companies, these companies that make, um, you know, security cameras like this, they're, they're a dime a dozen these days. Yeah. Yep. So there's a lot of options out there. Oh yeah, there is. And I think the more I, I think about it and I've recommended wise to, to so many people, but at the same time, to, to your point about like, you think, well, it's made in China and you get about two weeks, I think of, of uh, video recording in the cloud that you don't have to pay for, which is mm-hmm. really attractive. And I think part of wise success is the fact that they, they really provide a lot of value for the price. So you can get a camera and try it and play with it. And if you drop 30, 40 bucks and it doesn't work out, you just throw it in the closet. If you go with a Google or some of these other more known, well-known brands and you drop $180 and you have a commitment for a yearly subscription service month to month, you're paying out 10 bucks for this much data storage or this or that. 
it, it's a different business model there. So you really mm-hmm. got to invest in the technology and the name and the brand, but you got to pay for it. Whereas wise $20, $30 is not that much money to try a concept or an idea to see right. if it fits for you. And I think what you have is hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people all trying out this $30 camera. And if it doesn't work, they throw it in the, on the side and they try the next model and the next model because nobody has the patience to try to return it. So it, it could build good customer relationship and it could also, like you said, backfire and eventually create a bunch of frustrated consumers that almost become your enemy and uh, start buying the competitor stuff. So they, they got to really improve, I think, customer service and, and just not cancel a product and not support it anymore when there's any type of known vulnerabilities that have been uh, uh, discovered. Yeah. And I, I could attest to their um, marketing aggressiveness on, for their cloud services. I get those emails oh, con- constantly because I've re- I personally registered a few of those cameras for myself and for dad. And, but so I get the emails, I get the marketing messages. Hey, you've only got three days left to to take up our offer to activate your cloud account. Hey, you've only got two days left to take mm-hmm. up our offer. You've only got one day. So it's funny how they're putting all their resources towards their cloud because that's a big uh, you know, moneymaker. It's a big revenue maker for them. And they're not, obviously they're not putting as many resources toward the local storage, the SD card, because that's the thing that got cracked. So yeah. it, tell, it tells you something um, that, you know, they know where their bread is buttered. And so as the consumer, you got to be wary about companies that only care about revenue from services, for instance, because then they're going to, that means they're going to be skimping on something else. And usually that means they're skimping on some local hardware or software security measure. And that's where this hack came into play. So, yeah, I do, I do agree with that. And I, I I do got to give them kudos for their overall, concept and design and implementation i thought they did a, a job oh, yeah. that that it was done well it's and, a great product yeah good products and they mimic the likes of when you open the packaging it gives you an apple like feel perhaps not as polished or as clean when you get into the actual configuration and setup i think they start to suffer a little bit more as you start to say well it doesn't show that on my screen and Oh, wait, I got to upgrade the firmware. I didn't even turn the thing on yet. And it's already telling me this or that. So you, you, you get a little frustrated, but that's that's all consumer technology. I, I think they're constantly upgrading and fixing it. So you just have to stay on top of it if you want to keep secure. And again, just to, as, a, as a friendly reminder that ties in with our cyber tip of the week, if you, if you have a wise cam, if you have a Nest, if you have any type of you know, camera, HVAC, internet of things type of device connected in your home just make sure you try to update and patch every time you see that it's available because the more you patch your apps your iot devices your operating systems the 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 better chance you're going to have staying safe from being a victim of a a cyber criminal that's all yeah all right good let's jump into our last story here but just as as again friendly reminder thank you to our our sponsor for our 16th episode of Coast to Coast Cyber, that is Dark Kryptonite. Dark Kryptonite stops ransomware, malware, and phishing in their tracks, eliminating cybercrime, fraud, and information warfare. Dark Kryptonite utilizes advanced blockchain algorithms and zero-trust models. Learn more at www. 
www.darkkryptonite.com and kryptonite with a C. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, our final story here, Craig, is again taken from The Verge. Verizon blamed bad actors for the spam text you got on your own number. I don't know about you, but between robocalls and spam and everything else that's going on, some days do you look at your phone and you don't even want to touch it? Oh, uh, <laughs> I think it happens once a day, every day with me. Uh, yeah, I don't, it, it there's, um, I probably get, what do you get? I, I, let's, let's compare numbers. Uh, I probably get at least a half a dozen, um, bogus calls. I, they're, I, I would say they're robo calls. I don't think it's a live person ever, even though the voicemail, it sounds like, you know, a real voice that it was, rec- it's a recording though. And they're just looking for me to go down some you know, touch, uh, you know, the choose a number to go down some stupid menu tree uh, so that they can then collect info of eventually down the line if they did connect yeah. me to a real person. But I, I, yeah, I'd say about a, about a half a dozen mm-hmm. of the calls, the text, not so much. Um, I know, I know Kelly, my wife, she gets a lot of those bogus texts regularly. Some, somehow she got on a, a text chain. She doesn't know how, and she just gets them uh, a, a couple a day every day mm. and they're they're almost impossible to block because it comes from a different number every day so you can't you block the number but it doesn't matter because the next one you're going to get a few hours later it's just going to be a completely different number so it's it's exasperating to say the least uh, i don't oh, know yeah. what about you how many how many do you get a day i, I just grabbed a random day here and i see that i have uh 10 calls from my mobile it's just phone calls only. And out of that, four of them were actual calls that involved me talking to another party or answering. So that means I got six robocalls. Mm-hmm. Um, I've you know, written to the carriers, gone on the do not call list. I've tried apps. You know, Nothing really seems to work. We, we've talked a lot even in the past, and I've done a lot of interviews on all the, the robocalls and and all the updates and how the, um, the FCC is getting involved and trying to make a difference in the carriers and, and, you know, the different technology implementations. But unfortunately, after all is said and done, the problem still remains. And that's the part that bothers me the most, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And full disclosure, we're both, uh, we're kind of an AT&T family. Yes. So we're not, we don't have Verizon. We used to have a couple of, uh, a couple of people in our indiv- uh, individuals in our family were Verizon, but yeah. since we, we switched, um, so we can't attest to, you know, personal, you know, anecdotal uh, knowledge of this story. Cause this is just, this really is just a Verizon story, but I, I think it's pretty safe to say that all the carriers are pretty bad at this. They're not, mm-hmm. uh, they're not very proactive because I, again, kind of like the last story, I think they're looking first to say, before fixing the problem or before even preventing it from ever happening, they say, how can we generate revenue from this problem? And they say, well, I got it. Let's put out an app that blocks robocalls and we'll charge $2.99 for it. Or Mm -hmm. let's make it a reoccurring subscription bundle service. So people pay $3 a month, every month for the rest of their, you know, uh, lot life with this carrier. And so they're, all they're doing is thinking about trying to, fix the problem after the fact and even their fixes are pretty weak in my opinion i don't think nothing is a hundred percent you know yeah and and that's also after they've exercised 
every other scheme to monetize people. So, I mean, and again, like you said, Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, doesn't matter who you have. They're all, unfortunately, fall under that carrier, play the games. They, they, they are making money when robocalls are called. Um, so mm-hmm. every time, you know, that, that these calls are going out and there's millions at a time sometimes going out and people are picking up, answering, frustrated, hanging up, you know, somebody's paying the carrier for that. So why would you want to stop a revenue stream, you know, when, when that many calls are happening and, and most of them are short calls and get, get hung up quickly. So that that's money in the bank in a sense. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's really sad the way that all works there. And then trying to sell apps and sell types of things that can actually monitor and prevent it. They trying to monetize on it again. And, and the irony of it is, is one report I was doing research on once on, on robocalls and this and that. And, and then I, I found out, which really infuriated me that these guys that are doing these robocalls, sending out millions of calls at a time and are mostly are done outside the U S to, to lie off the radar and can't get caught by law enforcement for what they're doing can't get fined and the amount of fines are almost nil that they've ever been caught and actually fined, but they are actually getting paid by the carriers to provide them with statistical reports Mm -hmm. on people, whether they pick the phone up and and answer and how long the actual call was, there's actual value to that. And it's fractions of pennies, but when you're launching millions of calls every second and going from overseas into the United States, for example, it could actually start turning into a revenue stream. So you're mm-hmm. doing things that you push the line and are illegal and you're getting compensated by the very ones enabling it or allowing it, the carriers. It, it's a, uh, it's a big mess and it, and it's gotta be stopped, but let, let's dive into the story here. Verizon blames bad actors for the spam text you got from your own number. And it mentions here, the, the a carrier says it's working with us law enforcement to hunt down and find those that are responsible um, and, and it mentioned here also one version of the fake text that actually read free message. Your bill is paid for March. Thanks. Here's a little gift for you. I personally can attest. I've gotten this again, being an AT&T customer. I probably got about 10 of these with very similar types of message. And honestly, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, maybe they're going to send me something, you know, whatever free three months of uh, Apple TV or have some deal with dish They're you know, mm-hmm. their partner with who knows um, you don't know what it is, but your mind starts to think free for me. Oh, that's so nice. But fortunately I didn't click on it and it was a scam. I think I actually called you on the first time I got, did you see this? What is this? Yeah. Um, again, AT&T, I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, AT&T and I'm not paying the bill, but I'm alerted to it. So it, it kind of scared me. Seems legit. Yeah. Uh, quick. I, I, when I, I went to the comment section on this story, I like to scroll down and see what people, you know, giving their anecdotal takes on it. Oh, this happened to me. This didn't happen to me. You're crazy. You're an idiot. You know, <laughs> get in, get into it a little bit. And I noticed one person said, um, you know, what, what part of the problem is with, with these is that uh, at least on the iPhone and the iOS platform, uh, you can't even block uh, e- uh, texts that originate from uh, emails. Now I thought that was kind of strange. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I know we can block, it's easy to block text originating from numbers, but I, I looked and said, and said, you know what, they do have a point. However, I did find a way you can block it. You go, um, 
you have to literally create a new contact. So you pretend that that, uh, you know, an anonymous Gmail that you got, which with some sketchy text message, okay. and you know, it's bogus. So you create a contact for like, it's a real person. And then you just block that contact. That's how you, mm -hmm. that's how you do it. Um, but you know, Apple really should make it easy as easy to block an email as they make it easy to block a phone number. Yeah. So hopefully they'll update that, but that's just a little quick little uh, tip for anyone who might have the, the same issue. But, um, you know, getting back to the story, we saw, um, we see that this is tying in again to Russian hacking and uh, Russia, Russia phobia and the war with Ukraine and all those things, because in, you know, the Verge story, this uh, reporter, Chris Welch, he, he claimed that uh, it the uh, the link was forwarded from Russian uh, state TV network uh, called China uh, Channel, excuse me, Channel One Russia. So, um, you know, Verizon, you know, he, he and, and this journalist has uh, direct access to Verizon and they claim there, you know, there's no indication that fraudulent activity is originating in Russia. So we kind of got a little bit of, you know, he said, she said going back and forth. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to get more clarity on this story in the coming days or weeks, because right now it's we're just kind of getting you. You you mentioned the the usual kind of it was like the usual rubber stamping that mm. you know verizon said oh we're not aware of any bad actors but we work with you u.s law enforcement to try and identify the sources blah 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 so kind of a standard pat uh, cookie response. cutter <laughs> yeah so i i hope something comes of this Ho hopefully hopefully what verizon said is true but i sincerely doubt it um because we all have these stories whether it's from at&t t-mobile or verizon we've all got these scam stories that um we can uh, attest to yeah yeah good point yeah and i guess we shouldn't pick on verizon they're they're one of the biggest Maybe so it's, it seems to be more prevalent or more headline. And they're often referred to as one of the best in the United States, at least as one of the best wireless uh, providers, I think, because they do 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 a good job and, and have good coverage and so on and so forth. Maybe at a little bit of a premium, but typically you pay for what you get. Um, mm -hmm. That being said, I mean, I was a Verizon customer for many years. Uh, AT&T I have now, and, and I do like it, especially if you're traveling international. I find that it works out really well and mm -hmm. think it's pretty reliable. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm happy with that. Uh, but it was, it was certainly a kind of an interesting uh, story here. And I guess all the carriers just need to really, uh, you know, take it to heart and do more to actually prevent all these problems with, with robocalls and spammers and um, cyber criminals that are doing all kinds of unscrupulous things, fooling people out of their, their hard-earned money. And until they come on, on the side of the consumer, it's going to be really hard to, to trust them. And I think it's going to be an ongoing battle. Yeah. And before we wrap the story and this show, I uh, just want to mention quickly that um, Verizon does say uh, to report, you, f you can forward suspicious text to the number 7726. So if you got any text that you cannot verify its authenticity, it's, you know, kind of strangely worded, whatever, anything suspicious at all, uh, you forward that text to 7726 and let Verizon uh, deal with it because they can instantly determine if it's uh, spoofed or you know fraudulent or legitimate 
and they'll get back to you on that. Or, you know, or maybe they'll investigate further. And, you know, who yeah. knows, maybe you could be the one that breaks the next story about a big kind of text scam that's going to just about to sweep uh, the country. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is some some validity to saying when you do report things and nobody likes to take the time out of their day and provide more information, so on and so forth. But when, when enough people speak out, it gets people's attention. I know in our company, if we have customers that might be frustrated or want a firmware update or a patch or an improvement, if enough people start saying it, we take notice and, and, and we try to do what we can to keep our customers happy. So you know, if you have a problem out there with one of your carriers and you're dealing with stuff like this, pick up the phone, send them a text, send them an email, send them smoke signals, whatever it takes to let them know how you feel. And hopefully uh, they'll, they'll do good and then they'll, they'll respond to your, your, you know, complaint, criticism, praise, whatever it is, then they need feedback, basically. Great. That's right. Well, so three, three great stories today. Um, and, and a nice cyber tip there, just as the reminder to, to make sure you, you know, maybe, maybe this is your weekend to update and patch all your apps, your operating system, your IOT devices, make sure you take care of that. So you stay on top of it and you can stay safe as a reminder to our, our valued listeners, dark kryptonite is our sponsor for this episode, episode number 16. And we thank dark kryptonite. They stop ransomware, malware, phishing in their tracks, eliminating Cybercrime, fraud, and information warfare. Dark Kryptonite utilizes advanced blockchain algorithms and zero trust models. You can learn more if you visit their website, www.darkkryptonite and kryptonite with a C.com. So check it out. They've got some interesting stuff up there. Talks all about the inner workings of some of the, the latest tech and developments that they've worked on there, and, and you'll get a better understanding of it. So reach out to darkkryptonite.com. And also just as a, a more housekeeping, just to, first of all, thank everybody for listening in each week to uh, our episode of uh, uh, Coast to Coast Cyber. We're getting a lot of great feedback and uh, we really appreciate that. Thank you all. And just to mention this podcast, it is available on YouTube, Spotify, Google, iHeart, Apple, Amazon, and many more. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and review our podcast. We want to hear from you. Uh, for questions and comments, feel free to DM us on Twitter. You can do that directly to myself, at ScottBVS, or even visit scottshober.com for more information. And you could certainly give feedback through there, through the automated form. If we read your comment or question on the podcast, we will send you a choice of a signed copy of Hacked Again, Cybersecurity is Everybody's Business, or Senior Cyber. Thanks for listening, and, and again, uh, tune in next week for another new episode packed with cyber news, tips, and stay safe. This is Scott Schober signing out from uh, the East Coast here of Coast to Coast Cyber. Hey, and this is Craig signing out from the West Coast, and everyone, stay safe. Yep, stay safe. Over.